Career management is the combination of structured planning and the active management choice of one's own professional career. Ever wondered how a few people scale up the corporate ladder and become CXOs within a short span, maybe less than a decade? And do you know what it really takes to accelerate your career journey? Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts or leaders or coaches or academicians across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help our audience learn great things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end. Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen and with my co-host Sudhakar. So folks, today we are going to discuss a topic, how to get five years ahead in your career with just six months of work. And we are pleased to welcome Ben to our show. Hello, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Ben Preston's career past wasn't a solid line. He moved from billion dollar conglomerates to non-profits to startups looking for the meaning in what the right role was for him. In this journey, what he discovered along the way are the game-changing questions that could cut down years of wrong jobs. Ben now consults with young professionals and businesses on career strengthening strategies and his new book, Harness Your Butterflies, cuts the guessing game out of finding the meaningful career, whether you are just starting out or pivoting mid-career. He speaks to Gen Z and millennials about why the traditional path to a great career just doesn't work any longer why your passions should be your guiding compass and how to stack success around you. Ben, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think I I jumped in early, but it's great to be here. I'm excited to to have the conversation. Excellent. Ben, we know a bit about you. Can you please share your journey of becoming an author? Yeah. So I always liked writing. I didn't think I was going to be a published author, but I started my career out. I feel like a lot of people do where you either would attend a university or you kind of have like your direction and you're like, you know what, this is going to make me a lot of money. So I started out uh, going to university, ended up getting a degree in communications and public relations, thought I was going to be a big advertising guy, started my communicate or my career out in communications and then found out didn't really love it, moved into marketing. And then kind of along the way, I found that I was more interested in kind of like how organizations function from a strategic level or how they make decisions or how they're reaching their customers. And on the other side, how people are sculpting their careers around that idea. And so from there, I kind of was like looking at the landscape and and I always had the advice in my, like my family always told me, or my mom especially, would always be like, follow your passion, do what you love, follow your passion, do what you love. And I'm like, as I was going along my career, I was like, I'm figuring out how to do that, but no one's teaching you how. And so that that to me, I was like, someone needs to be writing this down. So that was kind of my approach was like, let me just take what I've learned and write down sort of the things that I've learned along the way uh, and incorporate a lot of the research and psychology that goes in with career success and fulfillment. Because I think there was kind of a missing gap there, but that was kind of my long way around to getting to being an author. Wow, mother's simple suggestion of follow your passion and do what you love to harness your butterflies. 
amazing ben ben in your journey with conglomerates startups not for profits and blah 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 what are some of the myths about career planning that you came across um the biggest myth is that people think that it's linear so a lot of organizations when you start they assume that and this is one of the things where they call them career ladders or though each organization kind of calls it a different name where they assume and i'm just going to use the frame of a ladder if they say like a career ladder let's say for marketing that you would start out as a marketing associate and then you would go to marketing manager and then you'd go to marketing director and then you'd go to vice president and then you you know you kind of work your way up that way very rarely is that how people develop their careers and the more that i start working with individual clients or indiv- like people that i do career coaching with they have this mentality of where they start down one path and then they go i'm totally not satisfied i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing like i don't want to do this for the rest of my career and to me that that language of the rest of my career is one of the most dangerous phrases in career planning i always look at career planning we can talk about this more later too but i always view career planning as it's more of like just kind of it's a uh, if you had like a a metal detector on a beach like that's that to me is more what it is it's kind of like you scan around until you find the thing that you want to find and then you move toward that direction and it's a constant evolution of that mentality but i think that's the biggest myth about career planning is that it's it's linear because it never it never works that way as much as you want it to in fact i resonate with you during my early stage in the career i used to think everything is linear kind of somebody is going to scale up the ladder and also thank you for sharing that insight hey uh, ben here comes the main topic around our conversation today how to get fires ahead in someone's career with just 6 months of work i'm really curious Yeah. So there's no secret trick to it. It's literally just this mentality of always focus on what you want and move toward that direction, which sounds it sounds a lot simpler than it is. But the idea is a lot of people spend an entire career and I will say they spend years doing stuff that they don't like doing assuming that someday that will pay off. And what I will say is it most of the time it doesn't. Like you will spend and I've done this too where I spent 5 years of my career realizing that the stuff that I really didn't like doing wasn't going to get better and it was just going to keep getting piling on with stuff that I didn't like doing. And the thing that I thought was really interesting is and the thing that people I think should be taking early is this note of if there's something and I'm not talking about the tactical stuff cuz the tactical stuff will change over the years. I'm talking about like the core of your job. If you go into a job thinking logically and saying, "I have let's say student debt and I need to take a job and pay for this this and this and so you attach the logical component and then the emotional component which is this idea of i need to find fulfillment i need to find passion i need to find purpose if you don't feel purposeful in your job today you're not going to feel it 5 years down the road so that's kind of the change you make now but the the timing of it is if you look at what you want to accomplish and you play to your strengths and you you say these are the things that i'm passionate about it doesn't even need to be something where it's like your passion the big capital p passion but if it's something that you're passionate about or purposeful about if you even work on that for 6 months you're going to put yourself so much further ahead like for me i wrote a book in 3 months and to me i've already found that my career has totally changed course in that period of time where theoretically it would have taken me 15 years to figure out that the path that i was going down wasn't something that i wanted to go down and the and the main reason is people look at it logically and they say i'm just going to follow cuz we're all conditioned to kind of expect to work hard now and get dividends later when really it's like you can make your career purposeful today and not waste 5 years of your career when you can be doing what you love right now and figuring out how to make it purposeful right now 
that's amazing so if you are working on something that you are passionate about for 6 months it will take you a long way and one other key takeaway for me is don't bark up the wrong tree like thinking that results will follow automatically because ideally the stuff that you are not interested in they may not result you anything fruitful thank you for sharing those amazing insights Ben, you now started coaching these millennials, Gen Zs, and all. So I want you to go back in time and explain how the career planning was different for baby boomers versus Gen X versus millennials versus the so-called Gen Zers or the Centennials. Any insights on that? Yes. So I'm from Nebraska. We have a lot of buffets, it, like where you have food kind of like laid out, and you can just eat whatever. Like sometimes they'll have like pizza, and they'll have salads, and they'll have all these different things. The thing that I think is so fascinating about careers, and this will continue to happen for the rest of time, is the diversity of which. there the career sets or the types of jobs that you can have will always be growing they will always be diversifying and you'll always have more options so when you look at like the baby boomers or the earlier generations when they show up to the buffet they only have three types of pizzas to choose from now a millennial or a gen z goes to the buffet and they have 30 types of pizzas to choose from so it's like it's it's a lot more overwhelming the number of choices that you have but at the same time it's also more empowering because you can look at it and say I am not only limited and I I will use my grandparents as an example for this. My grandpa had very limited job opportunities and he ended up being a carpet layer and that's what he did for his entire career because that's just he that's what he he did and that's what he like the fulfillment that he got came from being able to provide for his family and now people are defining purpose and passion and and almost like fulfillment in a very different way where it's you don't just have to make money, you can make money and have fun. You can make money and be energized. You can make money and have transformation when you're actually working with people and getting them excited about what they, you know, their career journeys and their path forward. But yeah, so that's the biggest change I think is the number of options and just the way that we go about selecting our career path and the way that we go about developing our career path is we just have so many more options that when you show up to the buffet, you have to be very intentional like going back to what we talked about before, you need to be very intentional about saying, I'm not going to sit here and try all 30 pieces of pizza because I want just the one piece. And so you go toward that direction and you can make a really really big impact in that space. excellent so ben couple of things that will stay with me for long career ladder is not linear so evolve and pivot second just because you have so many options don't just waste your time in trying out anything and everything and another funny part is you talked about nebraska immediately you know the character penny from the big bang the theory actually came to my mind that you know she is from nebraska <laughs> that yeah that show is so funny to me when penny cuz her character is from Omaha which is where I'm from but then when she's like writing the script she's like yeah this person from Lincoln and they're very similar so just the idea of like her trying to expand her range by adding just changing everything about her and making it a different city to me yeah, really but yeah I I relate to her very, very a lot a lot so ben what are the common mistakes that people make during their career planning you know we agreed that it is not linear so you need to evolve and pivot that is a you know golden rule but typically what are the things that people do Yeah, so I'm going to talk very practically or very like tangibly because I think that that's going to be really helpful. So we talked about this idea of like career planning is it's like you kind of have to find your way around, but when you're in that space of not knowing 
what you're like, if you don't know the direction that you want to go, which is something that I hear a lot, like clients being, I'm like, yeah, just you follow what you want to do, follow your passions, do what you want to do. And people are like, I don't know what I want to do. So to me, the very first step is figuring out what are you good at? And I always tell people to find their strengths. And I, I, I kind of label it in a broad way, but you have to find your strengths and the things that you're good at for the sole reason that if you look at the very successful people in business today, none of them are known for what they're bad at. In fact, anybody that you can name that's really, really successful, no one ever says they're successful because they're bad at this. Like you're not, if you if you are really good at something, like Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, Warren Buffett, like the people who we look at and say, these are really, really successful people. You look at them and you say, those are the people that are really good at what they do, or they're really good at leveraging their strengths. So in order to find your strengths, I'm gonna go over this really quickly. And if we wanna to touch base on it later, we can. There's three kind of different ways that you can do that. The first way is reaching out to friends and coworkers and saying, or friends and coworkers or family members or old professors, and just sending them an email, sending them a text saying, hey, I'm working on my strengths. Can you give me a list of things that I'm good at? And what you'll find is those people will usually shed light on the things that you didn't know that you were good at in a more professional setting. The second thing that you can do is take a formal psychology assessment or formal strength assessment i always recommend clifton strengths uh, which is owned by gallup now but basically you take it there's a list of like 36 different strengths they'll give you your top five and then they'll tell you you know you're really good at for me i'm winning others over strategic positivity and so if I can use those different strengths when I'm working with people, so let's say we're, let's say if we were on a working team together, if I, one of my top strengths was winning others over, if we had an idea that we wanted to present, I would be able to use my strength by making sure that everyone had their input and then getting everyone on the same page before we move forward with the project. There's that type of stuff. And then the third thing is making a personal inventory, let's say a list of 50 things that you can write down and say, I'm good at this, 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 this for me. Uh, and usually those don't have to be professional focused but um, for me so I don't know if you can see I have a ton of house plants I love gardening I love house plants I love like kind of growing things and so when I was writing those down you go through your list you write down let's say 50 things you go through and highlight the top five or ten things that when you think about them they make you excited and that's the key is you think about stuff that makes you excited. And so for me, the ability to kind of grow things, to nurture things, to watch them grow, I immediately can translate that into my job of working with my clients and saying, I, I like watching you guys grow. You guys do it on your own. But then if you need me, let's say to water or to provide insight or to provide info or research or whatever, I can do that. But your job is to kind of do your own thing. So with all three of those things, it kind of gives you a good a good direction or a good starting place, a foundation where you can start your career planning. Because if you start from where your strengths are, then it'll be a lot easier for you to kind of sift and sort and figure out what you want to do in the long run. And those are kind of practical things that you can do today to start your career planning. Amazing. Actually, the exercise that you talked about, you know, listing out the strengths, you know, it reminded me of two of the sessions that I have been part of in my professional career. One was for thought leadership workshop and another one was for situational leadership workshop. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely gives you a different perspective, you know, one introspection. And also I really liked the point you touched upon, Ben, about that outside in perspective, like, hey, socialize it in your close circle from both professional professional and personal life lives and get that validated you know it def definitely gives us that uh, compass 
to be in the right direction and you talked about pivoting right amazing yeah it opens up your your narrative too so everybody is like when you're talking and let's say if if i were to say what are your strengths and you just listed let's say 10 strengths to me right now we could pull in somebody that you know and say what else would you add to this list and they would say i'm going to add this 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 and it helps you like what you're talking about shift your perspective and look at it in a completely different way so that the narrative that you're saying is no longer this big it's 10 times bigger because you can incorporate what everyone else is saying and you can kind of own those traits and it makes it a lot more freeing to be able to kind of say you know i'm really good at all of these things and then you get to pick which direction you want to pursue absolutely and also it gives you the opportunity to paint it on the larger canvas that is available right yeah excellent totally. so ben this has been an amazing conversation i just want to shift the gears a little bit here and tell you a story late 70s and early 80s when these computers were getting introduced to the world you know there was this big uh, you know noise about computers taking over humans and uh, many jobs getting out of market and then mr james cameron came in with terminator that series which said that the end of humanity is in near uh, term you know now i think uh, if you see fast forward for about 40 years from 80 now we are in 21 and now the next phase of this artificial intelligence machine learning robotic process automation the virtual reality augmented reality and what not so with this in that context what is your opinion about the job market at large and careers in future Yes. That's a really good question. I'm going to I'm going to take it into two because it kind of depends on the your perspective and how you look at it. I am a very optimistic person, so I will give you the optimist view of what that looks like, but I want to just talk about the objective facts that jobs are going away because of technology. That doesn't mean that people aren't don't have opportunities, and I think that those things oftentimes get confused. So v- people view it as let's say automated vehicles are now going to probably get rid of a lot of like taxi drivers, Ubers, dr- like truck drivers, like let's say in the next 5 years, a lot of those jobs are going away. I would probably argue that a lot of the people that are driving Uber or that are truck drivers, that's not what they want to do for their entire career. And so for me, it's it's a lot of the stuff that is considered like that isn't super passionate work in general. It's a lot of automated work, a lot of task-based work, and I feel like a lot of and this is the optimist part of me. So objectively speaking, those jobs will be at risk and those jobs will most likely go away. So if you look at it from kind of the the fear perspective or the the scarcity perspective, everyone should be losing their minds because that's a terrifying thought. On the optimistic side, what an opportunity that now we don't have to worry about the the mundane stuff that people don't really want to work on anyway, and we have the ability to open up an entire labor force where people can pursue their passions and actually develop the solutions that they want to see. If you look at the path in the past like even 10 to 20 years, the jobs that exist today, they're like I work in digital marketing a lot and the fact that I run a lot of my business and stuff on YouTube and the fact that I'm an author and having even these types of conversations like this would not have been able to exist 30 years ago or even in like in the 1970s 1980s so to me there's a whole opportunity or a whole a range of stuff and the only difference is the people that look at it as this is terrifying are the people who haven't fully embraced their own potential to be able to develop the solutions that they want to see if you don't if you're not ready to be an entrepreneur and start your own business there's tons of new businesses that are coming out or tons of really successful 
companies right now that are moving into the digital age that have job openings that you can take. You just need to be in the mindset of saying, I am capable of doing this and then positioning yourself to actually have one of those careers. So if you're if you're at risk of getting displaced or at risk of losing your job, now is a really good time. Use that fear as a driver to say, okay, I'm gonna go and get a certification. I'm gonna go learn how to do these other things. I'm gonna go, go back to trade school, whatever that looks like for you and pivot into something where you're actually taking a step to move with the future as opposed to just being a rock and just sitting there and being like, I'm scared, I'm gonna lose my job. It's like, yeah, you probably will, but you also have this opportunity to do these really cool things and make a bigger difference than, than where you are right now. Those are wonderful tips and a slight sneak peek into the background and the future. And I think you have rightly said that's an optimistic view. And in fact, I resonate with many of the points because none of the jobs that were thought of getting obsolete did not get obsolete, but you'll find alternate ways of getting into it. So wonderful conversation so far, uh, Ben. So are you ready to spice up this conversation with a quick rapid fire questions? Yes, let's do it. Perfect. So here comes the first bullet. What is one gadget that you cannot live without? My iPad. <laughs> and I never thought I would say that, but my iPad, because I feel like it's one of those like media cons- Oh, rapid fire. Yeah, my iPad. Wonderful. Yeah, here comes the next one. Speed or perfection and why? Speed, because you'll never get perfect and it'll always be changing. Okay. Here comes the real bullet. What is the weirdest thing that you have ever Googled? Probably how to build a wood table. It's my newest project, but that's probably the weirdest thing I've ever Googled. Spot on. All right, here comes the next one. If you can have dinner party with any four people in the world, who would be on your invite list other than your family members? Oprah Winfrey, Lizzo. I love Lizzo. She'd be on the list. Chris Hemsworth, because I think he's hilarious. And James Corden, because you always need somebody to to be kind of the entertainer. (laughs) Wonderful. So last one for the rapid fire. Which one would you choose, invisibility or super strength? Super strength, for sure. Perfect. Spot on. Over to you, Sudhakar. Thank you, Ben, for that amazing responses for the rapid fire questions. One final question for this session for today, because we would love to have you again uh, for our future episodes. What is your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers? I like that question. Don't use the word supposed to as a crutch for not doing what you love. So don't say that you're supposed to go to school, you're supposed to have this job, you're supposed to do this. Don't use that as a crutch for following your passion and following your intuition to do what you love. Wow, amazing. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. It was indeed great to have you on our show to talk about how to get five years ahead in your career with six months of work. Couple of things that will stay with me forever career ladder is not linear so always evolve and pivot second thing do not postpone things when you want to do things go ahead and do it and the worst thing can happen is you learn about it really appreciate you taking time thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me this was fantastic thank you once again ben appreciate all the insights shared And folks, if you have liked this episode, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues for whom you care for. Because the Guiding Voice podcast series is a purely not-for-profit venture and our team puts in a lot of effort 
to bring the best conversations to all our listeners and our purpose is very clear we want to provide curated guidance to all the professional students out there be it from engineering b schools and all the it employees and entrepreneurs so that all of you can make informed decisions based on the insights that are driven by the industry experts coaches leaders or academicians across the globe because if you share this with your friends it helps them also learn great insights from every episode or if you are listening to the guiding voice podcast on the apple podcast please do not forget to leave a review and a five star rating because every rating will help us expand our reach and contribute to our mission to shape the careers and lives of millions of people across the globe and if you are watching the episode on youtube please do not forget to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel and last but not the least i want to reiterate please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues thank you so much in advance all right so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about social media apps so folks do you know the social media apps like facebook instagram twitter pinterest and tumblr are all banned in china in case if you are not aware it is a fact because china has its own set of apps with similar functionality interesting isn't it thank you for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off for today